Hello and welcome to Talking Baseball, the midweek episode. Rendon suspended. Manfred says analytics are a moon race and other things. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome to Talking Baseball. Thank you very much for joining us today. My name is Jimmy. Jake is here. Trev is here. And BBD is behind the dish. It's brought to you by SeatGeek Code Talking. I just used SeatGeek to buy tickets for myself and Katie to go to a game on Friday. And she said, I want to sit in this section. And there were some red bubbles and some green bubbles. And I knew, well, red bubble, Mm. even though it's your favorite color, those are terrible value and bad. Green is Jake's favorite color, and it means go. So I purchased those, and you can do the same thing. Get $20 off with code TALKING. Go to a game or a concert or a ballet, whatever you want to do. Jake, how you doing? James, Trev, Davis, back at it, full house, baby. I'm doing well. Uh, Congrats to me, George Springer, Nick Ahmed, Scott Oberg, uh, Anthony Kay. I mean, there's a... A UConn baseball lineage that's now dripping onto the basketball court. court. Uh, UConn won last night. And uh, yeah, man, uh, back in it. Excited. Excited. Uh, the first midweeker of the regular season. And we got some good ones. Uh, I mean, Tony Rendon, my goodness. Uh, so I'm doing well. Trev, what's going out uh, on the main island, my man? I'm not on the big island. I'm actually on Maui. Okay. No big deal. I thought you went to Vandy. I I married other, into your Vandy. other one. I married into Vandy. Oh, married into it. Okay. I actually told somebody yesterday who was a Vanderbilt guy. So yeah, my friend went to Vandy. Yeah. Knowing full well you didn't go there, but I just said it. I don't know why. Yeah. Look <laughs> so at you're that. welcome. Your friend. <laughs> thank you. Your friend Dansby. My friend, your friend Dansby. Jess. <clears throat> Uh, I'm excited to talk about this stuff too, man. Like we have some good topics here. The Rendon stuff is interesting. And then Manfred has just been on my tongue, huh? Mm, Yesterday mm. I gave him the clock yeah. ring award. <laughs> and now we're going to be talking about <laughs> some other stuff you said. Like, Whoa. am I like full on Manfred now? Like are me and him buddies? Yeah. He's the best commissioner in baseball. He has flipped his legacy. Be. Easily. Hall of Famer. Well, obviously, you know. As soon as you retire, you're a Hall of Fame commissioner. Not a single yeah. one isn't. But but Rendon's where we're going to start, I guess. We should have, maybe I could have pivoted. But Rendon's on the list first. He got suspended for five games. He appealed it. They said, fine, four games. Because a fan called him and earmuffs, if you got a little kid in the car, a bitch. Oh. And he didn't like it. And then he took a, he grabbed the guy by the shirt. And then he took a swing at his hat. And then... That's kind of it, which I don't even to downplay it, but uh, I wish he didn't grab him. Yeah, we, we we talked about this on baseball today a little bit. It he let the guy win, dude. It doesn't matter like how macho you are and how hard you grab a guy and you bring him into your face and you intimidate him. That guy wins, dude. Like you never win if you go and and give the attention that some of these fans want. I mean, that's essentially when you're heckling someone, The if you're a heckler in the stands, what you want to happen is for the guy that you're heckling to look back at you and like flip you off or like say something back to you. That's what you want. 
So I've always tried to make it a point. You know, I got heckled quite a bit. You know, when you have poor games or poor stretches, people get on you. I just tried never to look at them like, yeah. ever because I felt like if I did, they won, dude. And I didn't oh, yeah. want it. So it does get under your skin. Like it pisses you off sometimes because you're trying to be good at your job and you're working hard and you're just not good at your job. So you're already mad. And then you understand like, hey, if I don't get better at my job, I'm going to lose my job. So like, there's a lot of pressure there. And then some dude in the stands is is all over you. It frustrates you. But, you know, Rendon obviously just took it a level too far. I wish he got called something worse. That's yeah. like when I watched the video and he had him by the shirt. And he's like, what'd you call me? And then I'm like, oh, shit, this must have been bad. And then he's like, you called me a bitch. I'm like, what, Rendon? That's not. You can bad. almost say that word like in endearing terms. And like on the flip side, that like way. that fan, what you, the, the full video, like, what are you doing? You're a grown man and you're like getting over the railing to get close to a player to call like to sincerely call him a bitch. Like, how pathetic are you? Yes. To just yell it from the seventh row, like, I ran down, you're a bitch. I still am not a fan of you and, like, you're annoying. But to walk down to the front row and lean over, like, what, dude? You yeah. suck. Yeah, it's it's all the ingredients in the pot. It, it sucks that Rendon grabs him. You can't do that. That's the, that is a line that cannot be crossed. And, Jim, you said you wish Rendon didn't grab him. Yeah, absolutely. I'm thankful Rendon didn't catch him with that swipe because then Aww, we'd, we'd be then we'd be talking about a uh, 45-game suspension. Then it's Anthony Rendon punches fan in the stands. No, he was just trying to knock his hat off. He wasn't punching him. Yeah. If he touched him at all, I agree with yeah, you. Yeah, if, if he clips his nose, Jim, story. that's game over. That's uh, we're, uh, I think Rendon's lucky he didn't, he didn't catch him. Um, now, the fan's a total loser. We covered that. Uh, that <laughs> yeah, and I... I, I mentioned this going away in, in the recap episode, and I think, um, you know, it. you don't want to make too much lightheartedness. You can't do that, Tony. But Anthony Rendon, a guy that we've made a joke about, you know, he's a monk on the field and he doesn't like baseball, he doesn't care. Well, I'll tell you what, he cares about something. Because, uh, you know, game, game one in Oakland and a loss uh, – for him to be grabbing someone in the stands, like you said, Jim, I mean, that that felt more fueled than a guy just calling him a bitch once. Like, hey, maybe yeah. the guy was laying, on him all, laying it on him all day. Maybe Anthony Rendon's heard stuff about himself this offseason because his contract in L.A. hadn't gone to where it thought that, I don't know, it, it boiled over, it got to a bad place. You have to suspend him. <laughs> you have to. Can't grab someone in the crowd and not get suspended. Uh, and yeah, just glad there was there was no other contact because I think luckily we'll be able to wash the hands except the next Angel series in Oakland. I bet Anthony's going to have a lot of people uh, open to discussion, which which uh, that's a fun fan base for that. Um, but yeah, I think everything landed in an okay place. I think he didn't think the guy was going to come over. And why would the guy go over? Like, he did it over there, and Rendon comes to the shallow, the shorter part of the fence. He's like, why don't you come over here and set, and come over here? And the buddy's friend pushed him, like, yeah, go talk to him, go talk to him. Um, yeah, I think he was just trying to slap slap his hat like that, and and I don't think, like, he was really trying to hurt him. I I didn't see it, and I wasn't, like, scared for 
anyone. Yeah. I thought it was he was smiling the whole time. I think it was it's I think too- it was like a reminder that like I am still a guy that could beat you up. But he wasn't ever going to, I don't know. I think it's it wasn't a punch, he just went like up with his hand. It's a slap. A little slappy. It's a slap. It's two guys need to put their wiener away. They put called away. each other. They called each other. Right? Yeah, they which did. Which is so stupid. Oh, what an awful phone call. Why, yeah. I mean, I almost don't even believe Why it. Why was Rendon on that phone call? The league probably made him to save face and with the fans, and they, like, blew it out. I, I don't know. But he said, we we both apologize, and we're both ready to move forward. If they like, take Rendon, a you picture, fucking hate that, dude. If they take a picture next series, count me out. No way. I'm out once I read they talked on the phone. I don't give a fuck. It wasn't Rendon. They had one of it was Rendon. They had one you of the clubbies. They had one of the clubbies. No, it was on. like it was like principal move, like talk to each other and say sorry. Like no, none of them fucking cared anymore. Yeah, this is Anthony Rendon. Yeah, let's, yeah. Let's not uh, do that again. Uh, hi, and this is the fan. I called you a bitch, and I man, I didn't mean it. I'm so sorry. It's embarrassing for both of them. I think is one hundred percent and thing here and but we are in a simulation maybe this is the beginning of a budding friendship like hey we talked on the phone That's once you I'm got my out. number now yeah. i'm out. You're out rendon hate i want this rendon to beat this guy up later in life 20 years down the road oh, you do? yes okay no in my in 20 years down the road one he slaps his hat off. That's what I. Twenty years from just, now, he gets the swipe. Rendon in? gets to swipe his hat off unsuspectingly. I'll put it on. Both reach out. Okay. It'll be like you know the human hunting. I'll put it on. Yeah. What if what if we drop them both in a? What city. if we got these guys together and we said, "All right, buddy, talking go for it." And he got to just use the b word on Rendon, just right to his face. Boom! That's what he gets. And then Rendon gets a step up, knock his hat off. Yeah. He gets what he wants, and it's over. That's what we should have done. Yeah. We can set that. It's better up. than a phone call. We got a warehouse. Phone calls bullshit. I think bigger than anything, like we. People don't talk about this. The Coliseum, well, they do talk about how much of a dump the Coliseum is. They do talk about that. But the fact that you have to walk through the stands, people getting popcorn like it's fucking Little League to go to your clubhouse is a joke. And this, I'm surprised it doesn't happen more often. I mean, you leave the game there and, or even during the game, if you want to go to the clubhouse, you are going to rub shoulders with fans as you walk up a staircase, they're going to be walking down the other side. It is something that never happens in any other major league baseball facility, just in Oakland. And I asked my friend, Matthew, who plays in the NFL, he said, it's the same thing for them. If they want to go up to the clubhouse, they go right through there. It's just, how does that make any sense? Like what, where was the design there? That doesn't, I don't know. Matthew. Coliseum needs to be suspended as well. Five games, Coliseum out. Ooh. Yeah. That would be hilarious. <laughs> I guess we'll play the games in Vegas. <laughs> oh, yeah. We have a AAA team there, don't we? <laughs> um, remember when the guy, uh, the the um, Rangers player, threw the bullpen chair at the fan? <laughs> Is there ever an appropriate time for a player to go smack somebody? Like, yeah, even she, if they say like really bad things about your mom or your wife, like, I still don't think you can. I think it makes you look soft. Yeah, probably. But it stinks. Those right. fans stink too. There's a line Throw in the every, bullpen chair. There's a line in everything in life. And I mean, I honestly, you know that story, BBD? The, the way Tony grabbed him by the chest and star, stared him down like that, I, 
Tony might be saying those five games were worth it to get that that thirty that fifteen seconds of that guy uh, shit in his pants. Is he suspended without pay or with pay? Because yeah, it's with, with pay. pay. Yeah. yeah, I think wow. it's no. I think when you get suspended, you don't get paid, dude. I don't want to go get back in the league. It's not worth himself. it if that's the case. Just so you know, he doesn't want to play. Uh, in 2004, a reliever in Oakland, because they're just like right on the field, just picked up his bullpen chair, like a folding chair, and threw it in the crowd, broke the uh, woman's nose. Another I went to, just I went to school with her sons, starting quarterback and receiver, uh, and last name Bueno. Bueno to Bueno for 15 yards. It's good. I like that. It's my favorite like call. Bueno to Bueno. 10-yard pass. All suspensions are without pay, and that's obvious. <laughs> Question it for a second, but or else that- Anthony Rodone would be like, "I'll just get suspended. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll, suspended. I'll actually punch this guy in the face." Yeah. Uh, well, I'll tell you, Shady Rays, Jim. I like him. Sunglasses. That lady they you mentioned. They, they had a picture of her at the next game wearing sunnies. Uh, Shady Rays, baseball season is here. Trev's in Hawaii. Mahalo. Uh, yeah. He's wearing his Shady Rays. Uh, and Shady Rays offers a world-class product that's just as good as any of the expensive pairs you might see. And not only is Shady Rays more affordable, but the frames are beautiful, delicious, strong. And guess what? If you do break them or lose them, they have their lost and broken replacement guarantee. So these are lifelong sunnies for you or maybe a loved one, especially when they are giving you 50% off two-plus pairs of polarized sunglasses at ShadyRays.com. ShadyRays.com, code TALKING, 50% off two-plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Make sure you check out the link in the description. Manfred talked about analytics. And I I mean, it's specifically about the defensive shift is what the conversation and article is about, and I fully agree with him. Uh, on this one, he said that, uh, what's his favorite line? It's funny. He said, it's my favorite line. Like, that's what he said after he said, it's actually my favorite line. I think it's true. He said that, uh, analytics is an arm race to nowhere. Uh, especially if it's at a detriment to the game was what he said. And, uh, he was basically, they were talking about the shift and that when the Rays were the only team doing it, it helped them out, and it was just like a one-off thing. But if every team is doing the same shift and putting, okay, this lefty gets this and this, and it's worse for the product, then it's an arms race to nowhere because no one's getting the advantage anymore, and it's hurting the product of the game. So that's what he was talking about. So that's why I'm so excited for the regulations and changing it. I fully agree with his statement there. Um there's two different parts. There's the defensive part, which I, I think you're right, and that's why we have the new rules and we've supported them. Uh, the the origin, originality, the origin, as they say, uh, of this article was uh, one of the owners uh, had a quote where the direct quote is, you know, I, I don't know what this analytics thing is, but I have like 75 guys. What I want to do is I want to spend a week in the analytics department. I was going to figure out what the hell these guys do. Uh, and then he, he, he comes around and he says, he's like, you know, I got a lot of smart guys down there. And that's when he runs into the, the arms race to nowhere line, which, uh, I, I think defensively, uh, like you, you covered that part of it that, yeah, we, we had to change the rules because it, it ended up being detrimental to the sport. I think to, 
to label everything as analytics is, is a conversation we've done a few times, but it's also, you can still tell the teams, analytics are stats and information. Like, that was one of my favorite. I forget if it was Bruce Bochy or it was one of the old school managers that said, analytics, we used to just call those stats. Um, yes. And overall, analytics have been fantastic for the game of baseball. Um, you know, we've seen guys' careers change because of it, uh, whether it's, you know, even swing information or pitch information. Throw that good pitch. Uh, ad for Blitzball coming up soon. Uh, that I... I just think it's funny that some of the way these sentences were phrased is that now everybody does analytics because you have to. If you don't, you're going to get left behind. But I, I think we could go around and, and name the top four or five analytically driven organizations that have given themselves an advantage by using data and info. Um, so I, I think it's funny that arms race to nowhere becomes, becomes the big quote that comes out of it. And, uh, you know. What owner do you think said it? Uh, uh, they got 75 guys, so it's a big department, but the owner doesn't believe in it. So it's not like, a big club. Uh, you know, the Rockies analyst department is like known and the A's are known as very small. So it's not those two. So it's some team that's got a lot of guys. I think the owner was, uh, you know, when you throw your voice and you, it sounds like someone says something over there. I think it's one of those situations where they were throwing their voice with the 75 people. Because okay. I, I, I think it could be one of the teams you mentioned. Uh, that, yeah, that's, that's where I'll stand on that question. Okay. So you think it's the Rockies? Trev? <laughs> the Rockies, anytime an owner does something stupid, we just go straight to the Rockies? Is I that, say that what we're doing here? He said know, he's got a lot of smart guys down there. It's it's interesting because essentially every team does have the same information. And I do love that quote. Bochi said that we should just call that stats. When people get so turned off and afraid of the buzzwords, you know, even analytics and, you know, people are scared of a term like exit velocity. But it's just a term. It's just a right. term for how hard you hit the ball. Like these things have been around. It's how you I think that what separates people and where you can still find you know, victories in the margins is how you interpret the data. You, everyone has it, but how do you put it to play? And we've seen different teams, you know, use like pitch data. And like you said, Jake, find guys who do a certain thing well, and then just say, let's do it more. And I think that's kind of, for me, the biggest change for the positive uh, when we're talking all this data, all these numbers is on the pitching side and and being able to, I, I, you know, interpret the, the data that you get from these bullpens or from track men during games and say, well, shoot, if we just throw that pitch a little more, like that slug on that is, you know, 300, like let's do that more. And then we find guys, Caleb Thielbar is another guy that comes to my mind. I played with him with the twins. He's still doing it. And he's a guy that, you know, he's got, um, like his spin access is really good. And, uh, his, his spin rates there guys like him would have been lost in the shuffle before. Because he doesn't, you know, throw, you know, 98 miles an hour. That used to be like, hey, let's get that guy. He's got a live arm. But now it's like, oh, well, these guys spin the ball well. They do this well. The break is on this axis. And that's good for for the, the sport right now. So let's go get these guys. I think that that still plays. How you interpret the information and then put it to play on the field. Like there are certain organizations that do that much better 
than other organizations. And then maybe, you know, you find, you still have to have like a team identity, don't you? And if you, and if you do say you're the guardians, like your usage of the data is much different than say the Yankees or a team that has some big bopping guys, right? Like you have to see what your team is like or what you want it to be like, and then kind of curate your analytical department towards that. I'm assuming. Can do Does that make lot. any sense? Yeah. I mean, I, the, the example I was just going to jump to was look at, Look at our two teams in L.A. Um, and two guys that just did a little trading places. Um, you know, Noah Syndergaard. He signed with the Dodgers this year. What, what do all of us think? Like, we, we believe in their information and what, how they're using it and how they coach that, that it becomes a line between analytics coaching and the player that, yeah, I think if, if you asked all of us to place a bet if Syndergaard was going to have a good year, we'd say, yeah, I mean, he signed with the Dodgers. Uh, meanwhile, uh, with the Angels across town, you know, I we were all a little nervous about the uh, Tyler Anderson signing because he signed with the Angels, a team that's got a history of however their coaching and pitching had gone up until this point of not having that type of success. That, yeah, man, I, you know, I think a good ball player, you know, we could look at a lot of the rosters and say, oh, that, that team's pretty good. I know a lot of those guys, and they're stacked. But I think there's a next level that we know if the Dodgers call up a guy, the Rays call up a guy, that, you know, they're kind of going to be a guy for them because they know what they're looking for. And that, that also ties into team identity, Trev. And we've Yankees bullpen in recent years. You know, if you got a sinker or a slider, they can tap into that a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's become a little bit of their, like, team identity out there. So, yeah, I, I think... The quote ends up getting blown up a little more because it's it's Uncle Bobby. Um, Not even his quote. I mean, this whole thing is like the most most miscommunicated article on purpose. I think <laughs> an owner said it, and then now people are saying Manfred said it. Well, he echoed it and said it's his favorite quote. <laughs> yeah, but he's talking about a panel, and then he's talking specifically about the shifts in his answer, not like pitching tools. And he's right about the shifts. Yeah. Everybody's doing it, and it's making a worse outcome of the game like as far as excitement then it is like okay let's just stop this because it's no longer just an advantage it's just this is how the game is played now because everyone's doing it and baseball suffers a little bit uh he's just the best from commissioner in all of baseball so easily fix the game i think he's the only commissioner in uh, baseball right now uh you know other sports that when numbers really got brought into it specifically scoring you know in the nfl you got to score you gotta have a quarterback. And so they started to throw downfield more, take bigger shots. Um, it's fun to watch. You love seeing guys take chances down the field. Uh in basketball, like I don't know, you probably find some people that don't like it, but shooting a three pointer is worth an extra point than you know, a basket down by the in the boards. Is that even a basketball term? Mm. I just tried to make that up right there, Jake. Is that good? Ask your friend Matt. Matthew. Uh, it's a, I think, you know, shooting threes is exciting to watch, but for baseball, you know, you're talking still the easiest way to score a run is to hit a Homer, you know, the most efficient way to score runs is to hit a Homer. But with that comes, you know, the three true outcomes, I think it, not only the shifts kind of put our sport in a bad place, but three true outcomes put our sport in a bad place. It's very difficult just to watch that. We talk about the Homer being one of the more boring, yeah, you know, highlight reels. Highlight so I think, I think sports. both of those things are kind of what they're, 
talking about here. And now, you know, with the pitch clock and the disengagement rules and the bigger bases, we're seeing more stolen bases and we're seeing some of these guys who maybe aren't prototypically or would have gotten these deals before, like some of these speedsters that they're getting more attention and we're going to see more rosters built around this. I think because the game, like these changes are going to change the way rosters are built in my opinion. Yeah. Terrence score. Got a job now. No yeah. steal. They're going to bring Is track star. Team? They're going to bring track stars back to baseball. Like uh, in the eighties. Is he on a team sprinters. right now or is he just sitting in the minor leagues waiting for September? He was on the Yankees minor league last year. Is it the Mets minor league no, this year? he's waiting. What? He's waiting. He's waiting. I know he was with the Mets last year. Terrence Gore, age guess. 33. That's a good guess. You can yeah, thir- 33. It. I'm going to go same. 31 years old. Nice. Wow. We might be getting a few more wow. Terrence Gore seasons coming up. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. What do we got next? Pitch clock stuff? Would you bet on it, Jim? I've been doing a lot of betting. You sure have. Made six, I've heard about that, Jim. <laughs> yeah. Sure a lot Made of betting, 60 huh? bucks last night, just five bucks at Ooh. a time. It's been hot over here, Trev. Uh, okay. Marginal victory. Full units, gambler. five bucks for you? Okay. Like that? No, no, no. I've been Full cashing units. out five units. Mm. Yeah. Five units. And I had five you, units, five bucks, five bucks, ten bucks. I think my biggest one was ten bucks. Might nice. be more coming soon from us uh, with that. And you should join in at the DraftKings Sportsbook because you can place a $5 pregame money line bet and get $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. So just find a winner. Problem solved. Easy peasy, lemon squeeze. Yesterday I had Pittsburgh and Boston to both score four runs. Easy. 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 Oops. Join the big league action now on DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app and sign up with code TALK. And new customers can bet just $5 on any pregame money line and get $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TALK. And minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I retweeted this passing tweet and sent it to you guys as a topic to talk about because it's awesome. It's like an update on the first week of the season with the pitch clock um more than half hour shaved off the games with more offense and more action all the offensive gains have come from singles so more balls in play more stolen base opportunities more hit and runs uh with stolen bases so high teams are going to run more because the success rate will drop a little bit and there's been less than one violation per game and the violations per game are going to go down Stolen bases will probably go down. Offense probably goes up a little bit because it's still not great, but it's up from last year. So, so far, I think it's getting the desired result. Yeah, and we don't want to bore everyone with the numbers. Like, the games are just shorter. Like, that's all you really need to know. Like, uh, the opening day games, the statistics on those were, you know, I think there was only two games over two hours and 49 minutes. Um Everything else was, you know, right around that 215 to 230 mark. So uh, it's working. It's what they want to happen. Uh, there's been some pushback a little bit. And I think most of it, as far as players, comes from pitchers. The hitters are fine with it. Uh, but pitchers and specifically like the Phillies, there's an article that has a lot of JT Romuto quotes. Yeah, well, he played saying, the World Baseball Classic. 
He did. He, he didn't have time to. to yeah, they didn't have time to get used and to. And they're it. still playing um, long games so far. Yeah, and they've they're on zero and four. So maybe he's just mad. Uh, but I I think there is some stuff that needs to still be ironed out. And Manfred has been saying all the right things uh, with this. He says our feet are not you know set in stone. We can move. We can do some certain things. He wants umpires to be more lenient in pressure situations to let it breathe a little bit. I think eventually we'll we will add a little bit of time to the pitch clock. Um, but what JT is basically saying, I've, I have heard this from other pitchers as well. It just eliminates like your time to think you really can't shake off. Like guys are like saying, I haven't shook off all spring training or any of the games I've pitched so far. So there's a little bit of that, that has come into play. You have to think about, uh, or actually you don't have to think about what pitch you're going to throw anymore, unless you're calling your own game, but you have to focus on that. Then you have to focus on the clock to make sure you're ready. It's just like an added thing for these guys to be doing. I think one of the biggest points that JT said was it was my job to slow the pitcher down sometimes to go out there and say, Hey, relax a little bit. You're, you're moving too quickly. And he's like, we can't do that now. Yeah. So, so it's, he's, he's saying it's very paramount to get ahead of hitters now because these things can just snowball. You have no time to breathe and the momentum comes and and you're just kind of out of breath or, you're just in this cycle, and he goes, your pitches are going to suffer because of it. Uh, so I don't know how they're going to have to work that out. Is he going to have to call more timeouts and just kind of waste that? Just figure it I'm out. I'm not really sure. you got to figure it out. It's a desired result, that's man. Kind of just, they want yeah. offense. They want to make it a little harder for pitchers. It's been pretty easy for a while. Offense was like yes. at an all-time low for a while. They had to juice the balls. Uh, yeah, the, the only people – complaining are like the few pitchers who struggle and majority of the yeah. game pitchers are fine and then these slow ass closers come in and yeah you got to shake off a pitch if you have to take a circle around the mound after every ball if you just grab it and step on then you're fine i don't know i i don't it's better and I keep, like, I Trevor so May, who I like Trevor May. I mean, I, everyone on Twitter keeps saying this. It should just be 20 seconds. Well, that is exactly where we were. That adds 25 minutes a game. <laughs> like, yeah. there's, there's simple math to that. If you someone said make it 25 uh, seconds, well, now we're longer than we were before. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. I, it's the You watch a game. Yes, network barely puts it on the screen. You don't notice mm-hmm. it until they get docked, and it's like once or once, and you're like, "Oh, yeah." They uh, they started putting it on screen. Sometimes, sometimes they don't. But when they don't put it on screen, you don't even notice it. Yeah. No. The uh, I I was gonna bring up the Trevor May example too because he he just did Chris Rose rotation and he had, you know, kind of a funny anecdote that he didn't <laughs> he didn't know what catcher was in the game. It it was Perez. He he'd been working with Langeliers. Uh, Shay and uh, uh, Perez came over like you're right at the end. Uh, I think he got NRI'd from Rockies camp, so he was <laughs> he was pretty new to the team. So he kept calling pitches, and Trevor May was like, "What, Shay? Why are you calling that?" And then he realized it was Perez. But that's a mix of a couple different things going on there. Um, we touched upon it a little bit before. I, I want to see more data. Um, the base running, I think, is an incredible place. I, I think we got. More athletes out there. We got more guys with the green light, and I think it's fantastic. That that feeling when you see a runner on first and yet you think they might want to go, that's one of the best in baseball. Uh, so the fact that that is, that that is there, 
Um, and I wonder, will will teams and pitching adjust a little bit? Because that's been the bigger change for me. I mean, in the fo- the first four games last year, or the, the Jeff Passon tweet you referenced, there was 43 stolen base attempts. So far, there, in that same sample, there was 84. So almost double the stolen base attempts and almost triple stolen bases. There was 29. There was 70 successful stolen bases. So... I, I want to keep an eye on the success rate and the clip of that, but I think yeah. s- stolen bases have always been and are always this edge-of-the-seat moment where you've got a pitcher throwing, a guy running, a guy potentially hitting, and then a catcher throwing, and then a guy got to catch. Like, for all of that to happen within, like, a five-second time frame, uh, that's as electric as baseball gets. So I'm I'm all about that. With the pitch clock, I want to see a little more of it. I, you know, we we debated early on, should there be a seventh inning? It goes to 20 seconds or something like that. I'm I'm not going to close my heart to that because I want to feel it out more. I'm, I'm not giving these relievers an instant pass on, oh, yeah. you were uncomfortable the first time you came out to the new rules. No, like, let's try to adapt and see how it works. If we find, if the clock is constantly rattling relievers, I don't know if I love that. Um, I know we want to get offense up a little bit, and I've been a supporter of that. I think, you know, in previous episodes, I suggested moving the mound back, which is sacrilegious in baseball, to to get the offense going because we've got a guy that throws 102 in every bullpen now. Um, I want to see more of it. And and if there's tweaks to be made, uh, I think that can happen. But overall, what, what the pitch clock is doing, uh, it's good. Yeah, they're not going to change it that much because all these minor leaguers that get promoted are going to be dealing with it. And in four years, you know, vast majority, like what's the average uh, lifespan of an MLB player? Three years. So all these like relievers, they're just going to cycle through and the minor league guys are going to be there. So it's a bit shitty for the guys that like adapt or die because the people coming up, they're adapted. They know how to pitch. You know, all the closers that are going to be in the league four years from now, all the high-pressure relievers, they're doing this right now down yeah. there. They're going to have no problem. So you, you haven't felt any parts of any games have been rushed Not a at bit? all. Okay, no. I have a little bit. I haven't at all. I have a little bit. I was, I've been watching them with Katie, my wife, because she's, like, into it now, and they're short enough for her to, like, watch. Yeah. And we talked throughout the whole thing. And I said, I bet he throws this pitch, but he throws this pitch. And, like, we do – it's, like, normal-ass baseball. There's a couple of things, and we talked about, I think, on Monday. Uh, the production needs to kind of, they need to figure that out. Producing the games, you know, when to cut back to the game, when to show highlights. I think they're kind of struggling with that. I, I, I mentioned can't believe Oscar they practice in spring training more. Some they didn't the do a great job. Yeah. They totally missed Oscar Colas's first hit, which is like kind of a big deal. Like, just didn't even show it. And then, yeah, th- there's some things that need to change. I think one we could do. What a lot of people have said is, you know, let's take the eight second mark that the hitter has to be ready and maybe move it down to five seconds or something like that. Or just like not have that rule in effect. Keep the pitch clock, but just the pit the the hitter doesn't have to be ready at a certain point, right? Maybe. I I have like the complete opposite reaction than I guess you guys or people like when I see a batter go take a spin, I'm like, dude, stop. Especially because the Yankees have Judge and they have Stanton, where they're best hitters who don't leave the box ever. Mm-hmm. So when then you have another guy that comes up, so like I've been feeling that forever. Like stop, why you got to go for a walk after like uh, Correa, uh, Machado, uh, someone else? They were doing it like after every pitch, like a full yeah. 
circle. And it's like, I don't have sympathy for that. You don't need to do that. When you, I think there are times where you definitely need to like catch your freaking breath or your thoughts or something like that. I know you have a timeout per at bat. So I guess you could do that, but there are definitely some, some moments where it's like, shit, I just need a second. Yeah. I, I understand if you get like buzz tying tight and I think umps are being lenient there or uh, yeah. been told to be lenient there. Like if you're like, who just caught one close to the face. I totally agree there, but I'm, I'm talking about the guys who no matter the result of the pitch, take a, a mini lap around the batter's box. If you fake something like, oh, I got a bug in my eye, does that count against you? Or you got to call time. We've seen a little bit of funny business. In the Sunday night baseball game, we, we, saw, we saw some tricks come out with that. The, you know, inquisitive managers from the dugout. Wait, oh, what, yeah. Excuse me. what was that? <laughs> oh, that was a, oh, all right, all right. Like there's, you know, there, there's always a way. There's always a way. But, I mean, a resounding success so far, which is pretty crazy, man. The offensive numbers are so cool. And, like, the base hits. Baseball's been, it feels like a glass of refreshing water. Like, I've been watching more baseball than I've ever watched because all these games are back and forth, base hits, base runners, momentum changes. Um, And I think it's just base runners. It's singles. It's guys on a threat every inning. I think it's been so much more fun. Yeah. And the, the pitchers have just been taking advantage of, like, the, well, the fact that they control the variables, and now they're able to Yeah, Trev, really... you're anti-pitcher. Screw them. I, I am anti-pitcher. And then let me tell you something. I was at the pool yesterday here. Okay, Stanford guy comes up to me. Obviously, he knows I'm also a Stanford guy. Stafford guy? Famously a Stanford guy. And we start talking. He said, hey, I'm I'm doing some... Uh, pitcher's tech thing. And I'm like, well, I hate you because they don't need any more. Number one. Number two, best way to do damages from the inside is let me get in on that, buddy. And he starts explaining to me that they are doing um, a sensor that they could put into any object that is thrown, essentially, but baseball is where they're starting. And now they're going to be able to get finger pressure maps and the ball weighs and it feels exactly the same. It's like a thin sheet that goes inside the ball. And if they can do that, I've talked about this on the show before. If you have pressure maps for your fingers, you can mimic any pitch that you want. So if you are a pitcher now that has a, a nasty pitch, don't be going and showing anybody because I think they're going to be worth like a lot of money. Like You'll be able to sell how you throw a pitch, especially because that's the last frontier here. We can slow everything down. We have your arm angle. We have the spin uh, data. But it used to be, okay, we saw on the Edgertronic camera, you know, your finger pressure and where it was. But if you actually have maps of it. Well, you just do national treasure, right? And you get that invisible ink on their fingertips, shake their hand, and then have them throw a pitch. And then you get that ball put under the blue, the black light, and then you have it. I'm just saying. My my example is always Corey Kluber and, like, the cutter. Like, if you could sell that, like, really, like, you have all of the data on it now. It's like Miggy charging scary. for uh, VP sessions. If you could somehow fucking just mimic his exact uh, bat path and everything, great. That doesn't ever happen. But these guys are going to be able to do that, dude. They're going to be able to find somebody, ghost fork, whatever you, whatever nasty pitch is out there. They're going to be able to completely mimic it. And that's terrifying. 
Doesn't matter, Trev. Arms race to nowhere, buddy. Get over pitcher's information. I'm trying to be an investor in this thing, okay? okay. What's up, Stanford guy? I don't know your name. And then I destroy it. it. Blake, yeah. Blake Sable. Yeah. Blake Sable, my guy. Bunt base hit. Your guy, guy. First ever. Um. All right. Is there another topic? Tati starts soon. I thought that was fun. It's exciting. Playing in the minors. But they're going to have a roster kind of shuffle there. There's a lot of guys. Their depth is really uh, good there. Our guy David Dahl last night. Ooh, a hero. Uh, I guess this is a couple nights ago. Once This is going to be out on Wednesday. Are you uh, in yeah, on the Guardians, Trev? I am in on the Guardians. I like the way they play. It's fun, man. And again, this is a, I'm talking about the Monday night game. I mean, talk about back and forth and like your team identity, like showing up, like Class A blows it, but you still have Ramirez diving all over the place. Like it's awesome. Me and Joe's made money on it four different ways. How the hell does that guy take Class A deep? It's hard to hit the ball in the air off him. I just put down a breakdown of Trevor Stephon stuff. It's nasty. His three pitches, a reliever to have three pitches that work off themselves like that is cr- nasty. It's crazy. I mean, on the Guardians and the Rangers. I'm changing my tune a little bit. Nah, we'll see. You're still out? Okay. Bruce. I'm in on the Guardians, and I want the Marlins to be good. I don't know if they're going to be good. I don't know if, I don't know if I'd bet on them to be good, but they are fun. They look like Team good. Curacao in the Little League World Series where you're like, wow, this team is flashy and pretty good. They could really beat uh-huh. you some days and, like, kick your ass, and then they never win. And you're like, how come that Curacao <laughs> team didn't win? They had a bunch of studs, and they're just like, ah, it's just sloppy. It didn't really work out. Yeah. That's what the Marlins reminded that. me of. One and four as they face the undefeated Minnesota Twins. Who's tonight. one and four? Firing. The Marlins. Joey Gallo's resurgence. That was the last topic. I forgot about that. Boom, My boom, goodness. boom. Homer, Homer, Homer. Nice. Some guys just need to feel comfortable. You guys were on him too much last year. You made him uncomfortable in his own skin. Don't get me started. Never seen a guy get more cheers than Joey Gallo for doing nothing. Yankees <laughs> fans loved him. Crazy. That's an Italian. They did. They love it's crazy. That Italian. Well, you got to be happy for him now, right? I am. I am. I am happy yeah. for him. I don't want him to be miserable. And I'm the Yankee fans got on him, but it was the most leash I've ever seen a player get. You've heard me say. Hey, what happened with Boone? You guys guessed the lineup correctly. He said, "Guess the lineup." And well, he it? gave like little hints throughout the entire show. And then we were like, so what do you got? I wonder if he's allowed to do that because I... I do think there's like gambling things where you can't know early. Pocket that and bets and make some bets. No, you can't know late. That's the only problem. Um, but yeah, no, it, it worked out perfectly, Trev. We, we were laying our mousetrap and he gave us more than like he was a mouse like putting more cheese out and he was like, I'm going to bring my other mice to the trap. Because he was like, oh, well, Rizzo's out today. So Glaber's hitting third. And we were like, okay, okay yeah, yeah. nice. <laughs> Did you watch the video? His eyes, when he realizes what we're doing, like we were two like, detectives like putting the pieces together, he just smiles and looks at us. He's like, you guys. You guys, pretty good. Pretty good. He's like, smiling on your computer. <laughs> my, my favorite third baseman. Okay, that's the end of the show. Thank you very much for everybody tuning in. We'll see you later. Guys. I gotta go catch football <laughs> right now. We're in a race to 100 subscribers with four other channels on the Subscribe. Network, and we need it your sucks. help.
We're racing other channels to 100k subscribers. Subscribe. Do not subscribe unless you want to subscribe. I'm not forcing you guys. We do want 100,000 people who subscribe want to subscribe or die. That's how, they, that's how they beat the British. I don't want you to. That's how they beat the British. I don't want any. You want to mobilize a nation? I don't want any pity subscribers. Cut off their food. Make make three accounts. Subscribe. Seeky.